Good morning, Westridge. It's good to be here with you in person and online as we continue our It's Complicated series, talking about relationships. Greg did a great job on marriage last week, and uh, today we're going to talk about something that we all can use more of, and that is friends and friendship. Hey, back in 1994, a show emerged on television that detailed the interconnected lives of six people living in New York City. This show launched the careers of each of the actors and actresses and created something that millions of people watched every week. I can remember trying to schedule things at uh, events at church, and several would tell me, well, I can't be there on that night because this show is on. I said, okay, all right. Now, if I say Ross and Rachel, what show comes to mind? Okay, there it is, there it is. Hey, my question is, why did it work the way it did? Well, I think, in some ways, the relationships that were created on screen seem to be ones, of us, ones that each of us could identify with in different, in different ways, whether it was finding love or looking for satisfaction and vocation, or, or maybe just simply hanging out and talking with people we enjoy being around about life and drinking coffee together. We liked watching friendship in action. Well, millions liked watching it in action. And while it's never wise to use what we see on television as a, as a model for goals and what is real, I think it's true that every one of us knows that we need the right kind of people in our lives. We can all use a friend or two. My two-year-old grandson, when he went back to daycare following the birth of his younger brother, ran up to his friend Aiden and said, Aiden, Aiden! I've got a brand new brother. Now, I'm sure Aiden was two, and I'm sure he could have cared less, okay? Just like you know, any two-year-old would. But he wanted to tell his friend about an exciting event that had happened in his life. Hey, we all need friends. I've uh, asked the question before of others, would you rather have a million friends or a million dollars? And my answer to that personally is uh, I'd rather have a million friends. Because I'll tell you, if I had a personal need that arose, I think I could ask every one of my friends for five bucks and I'd be four million ahead. Right? <laughs> Isn't that the way it should work? Hey, developing friendships that bring strength and vitality to our lives, though, it can be complicated. And we all know that. Because we've all had friendships that have gone awry at times or not, not gone to the levels we hoped they would go to. Rarely do these life-giving relationships happen by chance. They just don't. They require time and effort on our part if we want them to happen. However, if we choose to embrace the complication, I believe the end result will be well worth it because we'll have many benefits that continue to bless our lives. So, I brought my knife and my sharpener with me today. Okay, what happens when a knife is used? Tell me. Yeah, it gets dull, right? Almost as soon as you start using it, it gets dull. And that's why you have to have something like this that will in turn, a sharpening steel that in turn will sharpen the blade again and get it back to the condition so we can use it to cut things. King Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, said this, iron sharpens iron. And as it does, as one person, as iron sharpens iron, sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. And I believe this is one benefit, the sharpening of each other that good friends bring into our lives and into our hearts. So that's the theme of today. Since this is true, since iron does sharpen iron, it's important to get the right people around us. 
And we're going to examine this truth as we look at a friendship in action. And this will be the friendship that David enjoyed with his best friend, Jonathan. You won't go lonely. Hey, we all need friends, right? And there are great benefits of having a friend beside you that does sharpen your life as iron sharpens another. So in the story we're going to look at today, found in 1 Samuel 23, David has been a fugitive. His father-in-law, King Saul, was jealous of David's continued and growing popularity among the people of Israel. And he tried several times to kill his son-in-law. Now Jonathan, who is David's friend in the story, was King Saul's oldest son. He was a crown prince of Israel. And at this point in time, David had been chased from one hiding place to another by Saul and the army of Saul as the king chose or sought to kill David. So we read this. While David was in Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. I'm sure, being constantly on the run for his life, David was at his wit's end. Again? Again? He's coming after me again? I can't take this anymore. Now, I don't know if you've ever been that way, under pressure for any length of time, but anxiety and conflict and work, stresses we have there, it can begin to introduce those cracks into our life that can affect not only our attitude, but our mental well-being. This is David at this point in time. So what does a good friend do when he sees a friend in overwhelming circumstances? Well, Jonathan shows what a good friend's like. The first thing we see is that Jonathan showed up. We're told this, and Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh. Now this would not have been a short trip for Jonathan. He had to make an effort to do this. He had to not only go out of his way to make the, make the trip, he also had to avoid the armies of Saul that were trying to uh, capture David, because I'm sure that wouldn't have gone over well with his dad, right? So it was an inconvenience to say the least, but Jonathan knew what his da- friend David was going through, and he wanted to show up to be of help. Hey, friends, show up. I remember a time when I was facing a home repair project that I had no idea how to fix. I'd YouTubed it, but that hadn't been a great deal of help to me. I called my friend Jim, who had installed my shower, and asked him why I wasn't getting any pressure. Now, Jim, like I say, he could fix anything, but he was also battling cancer at that point in time. So I just said, listen, could you talk me through the issue? He said, sure. He said, open the shower door. I like it when you begin simple like that, right? Open the shower. So now then he began step by step to tell me what was, was, was going wrong. I lost him after the use the Allen wrench to open up the uh, thing that the flange had opened up. Anyway, I lost him about three steps in. And he could, he could tell I was confused, okay? And so he finally, I said, listen, I, I don't understand what you're telling me to do. He said, okay, would you like me to come? Now listen. He was battling cancer. I said, listen, I don't want to bother you, bud. He said, no, no bother. I can help you do what you can't do. I said, no, no. Finally, his wife showed up on the phone. She said, Jim, go. So Jim came. He fixed what I couldn't fix. And he showed up. uh, Friends not only know when to show up, they, they know us, right? Uh, when, uh, when he received the cancer diagnosis, Jim called me. He told me what the doctor had said. My response was, I'll be right there. I, walked, I went over to his house. Uh, he and I stood outside while he processed the news. 
And uh, the rest of the family was inside, just he and I. We stood outside. We talked. We cried. And we prayed. I didn't have a whole lot of words to say. But you know, that doesn't matter. Because friends just show up. Now, he lived for another two years after that. Through that time, we had a lot of opportunities to make more memories that I treasure today. In fact, he and I worked remodeling my son's basement after a flood, and that was about a year before he passed away. Again, I couldn't do it on my own. He could, and he showed up. I got a picture of he and I here. I have no idea what he said to me at that point in time, but it must have been good. Okay, it must have been good. Hey, showing up is what good friends do, right? I meet every three months with two of my baseball teammates from college. We've been doing this for about five years. And the past three years, we also included my college coach in these get-togethers. And these meetings began in a friend of one of my buddies who said, listen, we can't allow golden friendships to go to waste. So he said, let's the three of us get together. So we did. It was like we'd never been apart. We met, we talked, we laughed, we treasured memories. It's just it's something special about being together. Last year, Bobby's dad died, one of my buddies. Dave and I traveled to Evansville, Indiana for the funeral. Now, we're each coming from different directions, so each of us had to travel four hours one way to Evansville. We surprised Bobby at the visitation, and after that, he and his wife took us out for, for a late supper. And Don, Sandra pulled Dave and I aside, and she said this. She said, you'll never know how much it meant to Bobby that you two guys showed up for this. That's what friends do. I have another picture up here for you. This is my grandson, Emmett. He was born about, uh, about two and a half months ago, but he was also born three weeks early. He spent, uh, he spent the first two weeks of his life in the NICU unit at, um, at Naperville. And uh, there was, see, he had some fluid buildup in his stomach, and it was a very rare condition. They were trying to figure out how to treat it. So when, when we found out that it was kind of, kind of a tense time, I, I texted Scott and I texted Greg and asked them to pray for Emmett. And I can't tell you how good it was to have them respond immediately. We'll pray, and if you don't mind, we're going to let our prayer team at Westridge know about this. And they did. And I just want to thank everyone here for the prayers you gave for Emmett, for our family, and I want you to know everything's going fine. Prayer does work. And Emmett's doing fine now. He's, he's not sleeping real well, but that's something that mom and dad have to deal with. How about that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there are so many different ways that friends show up. Yeah, we show up by our prayers. We show up with gifts and, and uh, texts and phone calls. That's good. But I'll tell you what, there's that gift of presence that really does make a difference. Because sometimes we just, need, we just need help with the flesh on, Right? Jonathan knew what his friend was going through. He was struggling. And how would you not be struggling being on, your, being on the run for your life all the time, having that constant tension of trying to escape? So Jonathan went to where David was, and he gave his friend what he needed. And that's the second thing I realized, is that a friend speaks up. And that's what Jonathan did. He spoke up for David. Here's what he said. Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. He said, don't be afraid. My father, Saul, will not lay a hand on you. I see that great encouragement there. Hey, it's going to be okay, buddy. It's going to be okay. Just the other day, my daughter-in-law texted me and asked me and Darla to, to pray for a neighbor of theirs. 
said, Rodden, please pray for Rodney. He had a heart attack this morning about 3 a.m. He's 51 years old. And he's in the hospital now, and they seem to be doing okay. But Karen, his wife, is scared. And Scarlett, his daughter, who's my grandson, my oldest grandson's age, is scared too. And she told me that Karen had called her in the morning, which she never does. So Crystal thought was kind of concerned right out of the gate. And uh, when she said what had happened, Crystal said, well, how can we help? And Karen just said, well, listen, can you take care of the dogs today? Crystal thought that'd be fine. But listen, more importantly, we will be praying for you. And I'll ask Darlene Lance to pray for you too, which we didn't. And it looked like Rodney's going to be okay. That's, here's the thing about a friend. They point us in the right direction. I don't know if David's faith had slipped here or not, but we do know it's very important that they say Jonathan helped him find hope in God. He pointed him to God's direction. So I got a feel that maybe David's faith was slipping a little bit. Lord, do you even care about me anymore? Well, Jonathan helped him find that strength. Now listen, since iron does sharpen iron, it's vitally important that we have the right people around us, people who will point us in the direction we need when we need the help we do. Now, usually, <laughs> usually I get to be that person for people. But I'll tell you what, there have been times in my life when I struggle and when I'm feeling pretty lonely. And I've had people step up beside me and say, listen, can I stand beside you and can I help you by praying for you? Now, many years ago, I, I would say, yeah, I, I'm okay. Because I'm a man. Okay? And that's very foolish. Anymore, when people ask me that, I said, please, bring the prayers. Bring the prayers. I need them. Hey, we all need people who point us in the right direction, especially if they're pointing us to God. When we're feeling hopeless and helpless. Uh, my daughter-in-law knows the help that prayer brings, and so she told her friend Karen, Let, we will pray for you. Karen is not a follower of Jesus yet. But I'll tell you what, Karen did realize that prayers do work because she texted me and told me that. Hey, a friend also speaks the truth to us. Jonathan told David, hey, you are held firmly in the hands of God. You're going to be okay. I think he said, don't be afraid. That's one of the greatest commands that appears often in the Bible. Don't be afraid because we get afraid so often. He said, my father, even though he has bad intentions, is not going to succeed here. You're going to be okay, buddy. So chin up. You ever had somebody tell you, buck up, little soldier? Okay, that's kind of what Jonathan's saying here to David. Hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I took, by the way, I've tried that with my wife at different times. It doesn't always, it doesn't always receive real well, okay? <laughs> she can tell you stories, right? But that was the one for unmarriage last week. Thank you, Greg. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, guys. I want friends like Jonathan. I want friends who, when, when I'm headed the wrong direction, when I'm not thinking right, who will point me in the right direction to get me thinking right. I want friends who aren't afraid to speak the truth to me because, hey, I'm not always right. And I get off track sometimes. Jonathan was that way for David. And that's the third thing I see here, is that a friend is selfless. I was out in Southern California a couple weeks ago, spent some time with my middle brother. We were talking, and I reminded him of something that happened to us when we were in high school. We were walking home one day from high school. I was a senior. He was a sophomore. We were cutting through a canyon. We grew up in Southern California, cutting through a canyon on the way to our, our home when we came across a, a rattlesnake. 
coiled up in the pathway in front of us. It was buzzing away, okay, just buzzing away. And as we got close, I said to Brooks, I said, okay, you're really fast, right? Now, he was a track star. He was a hurdler, okay? He was, he was a track star. And I said, he said, yeah. I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. We do not want to go the long way around to get to home. So what I want you to do, I want you to run toward the snake. I want you to jump over. When it strikes at you, I'm going to run by on the other side. And he looked at me like this. I don't like that idea at all. And I'll tell you what, I think that was pretty selfish of him, don't you? <laughs> so when, I, when we talked about this two weeks ago, he looks at me and said, I didn't do that, did I? I said, of course you didn't do that. I'm your big brother. I was going to watch out for you. I was just giving you a hard time. Anyway, yeah. Hey, David, right here, is feeling lost and lonely. So Jonathan shows up to help his friend, and during the conversation, Jonathan shows the kind of man he is. He demonstrated his character. Because here's what he says. Don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. Here you go. You will be king over Israel. I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. Now, Jonathan is the crown prince of Israel. The throne is rightly his after his father Saul dies. But instead of saying, that's mine, <laughs> Jonathan says, hey, that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to be king. Hey, I'm fine with being second to you, bud. No problem. No problem. What humility. What character. What selflessness. Back in uh, February, I had a bittersweet moment when I helped my friend who had uh, been my weightlifting partner for 25 years pack up to move to Kentucky. And in the, in the months preceding the move, while we worked out of the gym, we talked about all the kinds of things we'd done together. We did a lot of laughing and, and talking together. Uh, here's a picture of us uh, in the truck together. Okay. Notice we were just starting because all the, uh, all the boxers still just started up there. So there we are on a Friday morning. We're moving all kinds of boxes and appliance and everything else. So look at this box here. His wife entitled that one, uh, scheduled that one there. So, I mean, yeah, hey, it, we all have them, right? We all have them. Now, so. Hey, I heard it said this week that when uh, you can really tell who a true friend is by the people who will show up to help you move. All right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, we did appliances, we did boxes, we did furniture. We even got a, a couch stuck in the front doorway for 15 minutes. That was quite, a, quite an adventure, okay? I'll tell you what, he's helped me so many times in the past. He saved my life in the gym more than once. I had to show up, even though it wasn't the convenient thing, because we help our friends. Hey, Jonathan didn't think of himself when it came to his friend David. He made the effort. He took the time. He forecast a bright future for his friend. Hey, we need more friends like Jonathan. And the last thing I know, is that a good friend knows when it's time to leave. We're told the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horish. Hey, Jonathan did what he came to do. He left David a better man for having spent time with him. And they left. And that's what friends do. Hey, sometimes it's, it is important to know when to leave, right? And maybe you have friends who don't understand that concept, right? Okay? And that can be disturbing at times. Jonathan didn't hang around any longer than he should have. He helped David, and he left. 
Um, back when I had my, uh, my hip surgery, I know I used this before, I, I like this. So I used this to help me. Okay? I used the cane for probably two and a half, three weeks. And it did, it helped. It provided the support I needed to move and to get things going the right way. But after two and a half, three weeks, you know what I did? I laid it aside. Because I was done with it. And that's what happens when we help our friends, or they help us. We don't need them around all the time. But we do need them. Two weeks ago, I went with my two college friends to see our baseball coach. Now, we had our, our regular meeting scheduled to eat together. But uh, when we, we found out that the coach um, was bedridden, he battled a, a respiratory illness for years and years. And um, the end is getting near. The end is getting near. So his wife told us, though, if, hey, if you want to do, if you want to come over after you get done eating, uh, come over. He'd love to see you. So we did. We sat around in the room, in the bedroom with coach. Uh, we shared stories. We did a lot of laughing still. Just talking memories back and forth, talking about family, we talked about life. Hey, we talked about the future. And my buddy Dave brought communion. And together, um, we shared probably our last time around the communion table with our coach. Because uh, he's going to go to his new life here before too long. We all expressed our love and our gratitude to this man. Because he had touched all of our lives in so many different ways. He meant so much to us. We gave him hugs. And then we left. Then we left. We had said what needed to be said. And it was good. And he was grateful we'd come. And I'm sure he's grateful when we left because he left, we left the memories with him. Hey, friends know when to come. But friends also know when to leave. And that's a good thing. Hey, friends like Jonathan, folks, they make our lives better, richer and fuller. And when it's all said and done, it really isn't all that complicated. If you want friends like Jonathan, I'll tell you the key. It's being a friend like Jonathan to people. Because as iron sharpens iron, the right people make us better, and we in turn can make other people better too. So here's what I want to ask you to do in the week ahead. I'd like for, it to, for you to look for opportunities to be Jonathan to somebody. Maybe there's someone in your life who needs somebody to show up at the right time. You may be, maybe they're going through a challenging time or have expressed doubt or fear to you. And it could just be somebody going through a lonely phase. Whatever it may be, though, could you show up? Could you sharpen? Maybe a phone call? Maybe a cup of coffee? A visit? Maybe you're on the other side of the friend equation. You need somebody to show up for you. Well, if that's the case, I would encourage you to let your needs be known. Hey, I did this with Emmett, and people responded. Scott Alexander still texts me today, about every other week. Says, How's Emmett doing? I, I I greatly value and appreciate that. Now, here's the thing. We all need people like this in our lives. People who come alongside of us and help us when we need it. 
As they help, we, as they help us, we can rejoice. But I'll tell you what, then when they, when they leave, then we say, okay, thank you for all you did for me. I'm better because you were here. And I guess that's the, the final thing I want to ask you to look for this week. Who around you could use a word of encouragement or lifting up? Hey, let's be friends who know what to say at the right time. Friends who make every room better when they walk in and leave light behind them when they leave. And I'll tell you what, this happens, this happens as we don't always think about ourselves. But we think about those around us and how we can make things better by who we are. Hey, there are always new friends to be made. I, I believe that. I believe there are still friends out there waiting to be made, people who will be a light to our lives. And as we open ourselves to showing up, maybe, a, maybe it's going to a new small group or being a part of a service opportunity or ministry, whatever it may be, I think we'll create these new opportunities for relationships that will bless our lives and that will sharpen our lives. And with, as we do that, we will find friends like Jonathan who will make our life better. And I know, if you're anything like me, we can all use more quality friendships, can't we?